On the block, on demand. They don't know about the kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay, not 10. 25-footer. Yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin stone cold. Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win by 20. The Bills make me want to Taylor going to take his shot. Throwing in zone. He's got weapons. Touchdown. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. This is On the Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome will join us in progress after the Red Sox uh, finish off the Houston Astros here. That game's still in progress as we speak. Sox up 3-2, top of the 7th. We'll keep you updated on that game, certainly, and it is currently airing on ESPN Radio AM 1200. Not that you don't want to listen to us, but look. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm going to be multitasking here. Uh, I'm not responsible for any sudden changes of direction, changes in conversation, sudden outbursts about this Red Sox game that is going on right now because Chris Sale, of all people, is on the mound in middle relief, and David Price saved this team yesterday along with Mookie Betts and some timely hitting and the offense waking up. But just like we planned it, folks, Chris Sale – David Price, and on the other side, Justin Verlander, all appearing as relief pitchers. That's baseball, Susan. So we'll keep you updated on this game, certainly. We've got a lot to get into after the football weekend. Syracuse gets that no-excuses win and gets ready for a visit Friday night from Clemson, the NFL weekend. Breaking baseball news that we'll give you more details about here momentarily, and that is it is reported that the New York Mets are going to buy the Syracuse Chiefs, operate the Syracuse Chiefs, and it will become the Major League affiliate of the Syracuse Chiefs starting in 2019. So one more year of the Nationals next year, and then, as reported, and if all I's get dotted and T's get crossed, as seemed here, starting in 2019, Met fans will not have to go far to see the future New York Mets. So more details on that as the afternoon progresses. We'll tell you what we know about that here momentarily. You can make yourself a part of this little show. We'd love for that to happen. 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can tweet me, Brent Axe Media. You can also hit the On the Block text line at 288-0644. So you can listen to and, and participate in this program in addition to listening. Those are the ways to get in touch. Fire your hot takes away. That's hot. Speaking of which, at some point, I have got to bring back perhaps the hottest take ever from the weekend. I tweeted that out over the weekend. If you saw that, uh, yeah, I got some reaction. And usually I let really, really dumb takes like this just kind of float into the ether and not bother any of us because they're so dumb. It makes That's my, hot. It makes my head hurt. Yeah, it was hot. That's just dumb. And dumb. And let's throw this in there, too. The guy is drunk. And we'll throw in even more when I bring it to you later in the show. Hot takes, as usual, from yours truly, the blind side later, and so much more. 
But let us begin with that breaking news, folks. Very uh, interesting news just hitting. Uh, let's see, this story broke from Mark Wiener on Syracuse.com within the hour. And the news is this. According to Mark, the New York Mets have reached an agreement to buy the Syracuse Chiefs and make the International League Baseball team its top minor league affiliate, according to two sources briefed about the deal. Under the terms of the agreement, the Mets will acquire ownership of the AAA Chiefs from the Community Baseball Club of Central New York and continue to play its games at NBT Bank Stadium starting in 2019. The Mets would own and operate the Chiefs, sources say, bringing in the resources necessary to build a franchise that struggled in recent years with finances. The deal would end almost six decades of community ownership of the Chiefs, dating back to 1961, and cut off the team's nine-year affiliation with the World Series contending Washington Nationals. The offer was approved Monday by the Board of Directors and the Community Baseball Club of Central New York, which owns the majority shares of the team, according to sources. The remaining public shareholders will be asked to approve the deal beginning tomorrow. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, Mets Chief Operating Officer Jeff Wilpon, and Onondaga County Executive Joni Mahoney plan to announce the agreement tomorrow at NBT Bank Stadium per a source. Uh, As Mark notes here, sources did not know how much the Mets agreed to pay for the team or how much would be paid per share. The Chiefs previously disclosed in 2013 that the team had about 4,000 shareholders who hold a combined 15,857 shares. Uh, Bill Dutch, president of the Community Baseball Club of Central New York, declined to comment today. Dutch saying, quote, right now the board is not prepared to make any comments. If and when the time comes, there will be a press release. Jason Smorrell, the team's general manager, could not be reached for comment. So big news on the local baseball front, and it's news that makes a lot of sense. Certainly, uh, those of you that remember back to the days of when the Syracuse Chiefs were a Yankees affiliate and the natural progression there and, you know, things didn't work out. The Blue Jays came in for a very long time, and then that led to the Washington Nationals. But along the way, there has always been the thought to get back to a New York team. And in the continuing discussions we always have on shows like this and other places about what would help attendance and spark local baseball interest, that is always something that comes up. Uh, Chuck Schumer, as Mark notes here, tried to convince the Wilpons to move their AAA team to Syracuse in 2009. They lost out to Buffalo. Uh, Schumer did say today, quote, with Syracuse's rich history and love of baseball, the Mets purchasing the Chiefs is a grand slam for the entire community. It does make a lot of sense. The Mets AA affiliate is in Binghamton. They've got, you know, other affiliates in this state at the single A level. There's a couple of affiliates that are outside of New York State, but to have your AAA affiliate in Las Vegas and you're the New York Mets just doesn't make sense. I mean, some teams make it work. You know, Utica has the Comets on the hockey level, and they are the minor league affiliate at the AHL level of the Vancouver Canucks, and they make that work. And at one time, Syracuse, the Crunch, were affiliated with the Anaheim Ducks, and it's like, that just doesn't work. You need a player, and he's got to go halfway around the country just to get there, as opposed to, you know, a a less than an hour flight from Syracuse to New York or wherever he's got to go. If you're with the Mets, it just makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense in that local Met fans will get to see the up-and-comers here. So here's my first question. When are we getting Tebow? Okay, if this is done, 
and it's all official tomorrow and the press conference happens. And as noted, if all the I's get dotted and the T's get crossed here, when's Tebow coming? That's what I want to know. All right, first question right off the bat. I'm going to go to this press conference tomorrow. I shouldn't give away my questions. Be like, uh, yes, Governor Cuomo, when are we getting Tebow? Can you make this happen for us, please? Right? So that is big, big news. It is big news in that the team that's coming in, it is big news in that, as noted in that story, since 1961, this has been a community-owned franchise. It is still one of the unique things out there in sports. Now, if you look across, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Certainly, we'll, we'll find this out as we go here. But this is pretty normal. A lot of major league teams own and operate and are involved in their AAA franchises. The Yankees own Scranton and help run it. The Boston Red Sox own the Pawtucket Red Sox and are involved in where the team plays and stadium issues and things of that nature, and you look around baseball, this is pretty normal. This is something that you'll find across the board. Again, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the situation here was unique. Much, not the same way, but very similar to the Green Bay Packers, right? A community-owned team. So how that gets sorted out and how those shareholders get compensated and what they vote on, we shall see. But the report now is that the Mets bought the team, the Board of Directors and Community-Owned Baseball has approved the deal. Schumer, Joni, Wilpon in town tomorrow to announce it. And starting in 2019, the New York METS, 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 will be your Major League affiliate for the Syracuse Chiefs. You know, the Nationals era was successful in a lot of ways baseball-wise in terms of the talent that came through here, most notably Steven Strasburg and a very brief appearance by Bryce Harper. But you look at this Nationals team that's, as noted in the story we just read there, it's a World Series contender. There's a lot of former Syracuse Chiefs that are on that team. So baseball-wise, the, the Nationals are very successful, but it's always a matter of, you know, on the local level, interest and promotions, and can you combine what has been a very successful promotional run and a recovery, but financially has been an issue because of the deep hole that the prior administration put the current one in. If you combine that, and again, this is just happening. We're just finding out about it. I'm not sure what the Mets plans are in terms of keeping management in place. All those questions will be answered tomorrow. I'm sure at least the ones they can address will be answered tomorrow. Remember, this doesn't take place, does not start until 2019, but a lot of natural questions will be asked and put out there. You look at the success of things like the Salt Potatoes promotion and some things that were being done on a local level. Will the Mets want to keep that going, or will they want to put their own people in place to run the franchise here? So still a lot of questions for sure. Still has to be officially official, but uh, I will tell you as someone who works with the nose Mark Wiener, he is an ace reporter, and if he's putting it out there, then uh, this is online to happening, my friends. So on a football Monday, when we're wrapping up the football weekend, very big local baseball news, which we'll certainly continue to track and update, and more to come tomorrow, it sounds, and more to come as we go. How about that? Saw that just before we went on the air. So, whoa, here we go. All right, switching gears to Syracuse football. They got the win they needed to get. What I did not want to hear Saturday after that game from anyone were excuses. Because this was a team that Syracuse had to beat. Now, 
maybe we got a little greedy in saying they needed to kind of put their foot down and stomp on somebody kind of win, but you got to take the wins how you can get them, when you can get them with this schedule, and they did it. They did it by adjusting, and they tried to adjust in the first half because they had started slow against LSU and NC State, so Dino Baber says, we're going to focus on the pass and try and dictate the flow of the game that way. Didn't work. So they found a way to run the ball in the second half, and this was not you know, somebody going out there, Leonard Fournette style, getting 185 yards rushing. No, this was Dante Strickland doing it the hard way, two, three, four yards at a time. He averaged 3.2 yards per game, and this is Dino Babers on the performance of Dante Strickland and a much-needed performance for the Orange in the second half of that game. You know, I hope so. I thought that the last game he played, he really, and again, he turned two-yard runs into three-yard runs, three-yard runs into four-yard runs, and if you watch his blocks, his receiving, I thought he played a complete game as a running back. You know, you... We, everyone judges running backs by how many yards they gain per average. I do, too. Hey, I do, too. I'm caught up in it as well. But really, you want an all-around back. And I thought he played a dynamic all-around game for, for our running back against, uh, against Pittsburgh. He did, and the box score doesn't tell you that. You know, 25 carries, 81 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. That's not going to win you any awards or get you on any highlight shows, but it was absolutely needed. And as I've said, and we'll continue to circle back on, it's just the second time this year that someone with the word running in their position title led the team in rushing, which you need. When you have a quarterback who can take off and run, great. You utilize that. You'd be smart about it. You take the plays that are there. Dungy had a 10-yard touchdown run in this game. I am I have made peace with Eric Dungy running the football, but I still looked at it and said, you need your running back to be your leading rusher. I don't think that's too much to ask. And in this case, that happened. That was a big-time adjustment for this team. Penalties were still an issue. Discipline is still an issue. And six games into the season, it can't be. And it's the procedure penalties. Twice you get a penalty out of a timeout, and you're kicking the ball out of bounds still. You had two offsides calls on kickoffs. That's got to be cleaned up. Six games through the season, six down, six to go. And uh, speaking of which, Dino Babers asked today on maybe some midseason grades. Is that something he's into? You know, I think you got to wait for the whole body of work. I mean, if you're... If you're looking early part of the exams and you're taking a bathroom break, I'd say that the defense is really far ahead. You know, the uh, the offense is there, but it still has got a long way to go. And I think the special teams has been steady for the most part. That's Dino Babers on where things are at midseason here. So, more on Pittsburgh and that game. But what lies ahead, of course. Oh, boy. Here comes in a, oh, boy. Okay, 3-3 now. Alex Bregman, solo homer, over to Monster. So we've got a 3-3 ball game here between the Astros and the Red Sox, top of the eighth, and he hit that home run off Chris Sale, who is still in, in middle relief for the Red Sox, and yes, I just said that. So things getting interesting here. The first two games were garbage between the Red Sox and and the Astros, from a certain point of view, like, you know, a Red Sox fan. Game three was incredible yesterday, and game four is turning into a great game as well. Sox were up 3-2. Andrew Benatendi had a two-run shot off of Justin Verlander. Yes, Justin Verlander, because David Price, Justin Verlander, and Chris Sale are all very expensive middle relievers these days, right? But 
Uh, ben Attendi hit a two-run shot off of Verlander in his first relief appearance that put the Sox up 3-2. But as mentioned, solo shot over to Monster. It's a 3-3 game, top of the eighth. We'll keep you updated on the Sox and the Astros as we go. So back to Syracuse football. I told you, we're going to be bouncing all over the place today. There's a lot of things happening out there. So about Friday and how Syracuse is no shot Friday night. We'll discuss that this next. on the block. On the block with Brent Axe. And it is, my friends. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Always busy on a Monday, but today it's uh, busy like in, in Spinal Tap when the Amps went to 11. We're at, we're at like 11 status today. we got a Major League Baseball playoff game going on. Astros lead the Red Sox 4-3, to three, by the way. We've entered the bottom of the eighth at Fenway. John Farrell was tossed from this game for arguing balls and strikes and Justin Verlander gave up a two-run shot in relief to Andrew Benatendi. Uh, Astros struck back with a solo homer and a, a RBI single off of Craig Kimbrell. So here we are in the bottom of the eighth. Sox are at bat and trail 4-3. to three. Big local baseball news. It is being reported by Mark Wiener of Syracuse.com that the New York Mets have purchased the Syracuse Chiefs and starting in 2019 will be the AAA affiliate of the New York Mets and the Mets will own and operate the Chiefs, ending over 60 years of community-owned baseball in central New York. That is being reported. Dies, uh, uh, I's have to be dotted, T's have to be crossed, and official announcements have to come. But that is uh, the reporting of Mark Wiener today, supposedly a press conference tomorrow with Governor Cuomo, Joni Mahoney, and members of the Mets front office. I believe one of the Wilpons will be in town to make this officially official. So that is out there. NFL weekend to recap, Syracuse to recap. But that does not stop the train known as hot takes, my friend, because we got plenty to get to. Send me with that fancy open. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Whoa, baby. We got protests and discussions about protests, and you won't play if you protest, and the vice president protested about a protest, so let's kind of mash this all together. So as you know, yesterday, the vice president of the United States, after spending, not personally, but the, the cost of the vice president of the United States going to an NFL football game, wasted thousands of dollars of taxpayer money by walking out of the 49ers-Colts game in what was clearly a stunt to bring attention to what he believes about, in his words, disrespecting the national anthem in the flag. For the second week in a row, the Niners had more than 20 players kneeling during the anthem with their hands over their hearts. Teammates stood behind the kneeling players with one hand on a kneeling teammate's shoulder and the other over their hearts. The Colts wore black T-shirts with the words, quote, we will on the front and stand for equality, justice, unity, uh, unity, respect, dialogue, opportunity on the back for the second straight week. Apparently, President Trump asked Pence to leave the game if any protests had been made. It happened. He did. Okay. So there's that. Then we've got Jerry Jones, who you'll recall stood arm in arm with the Dallas Cowboys kneeling before the anthem of a Monday night football game a week ago today, but is now saying this about the anthem protest. Let's listen. We cannot, we, there is, cannot uh, in the NFL uh, in any way uh, give the implication that we uh, tolerate 
uh, disrespecting the flag. We cannot do that. And uh, uh, I know the Vice President uh, did leave because, in his opinion, uh, we, the teams were. We know that there is a serious debate in this country about those issues, but there is no question in my mind uh, that the uh, National Football League and the Dallas Cowboys are going to stand up for the flag. So we're clear. We've kneeled in support of each other before the National Anthem, and we've stood for the National Anthem. We've always done that. And uh, there is no equivocation here. We'll stand for the flag. If there's anything uh, that is disrespectful to the flag, uh, then we will not play. Jerry? Okay. You understand? We, we will not. If we are disrespecting the flag, then we won't play. Period. So Jerry Jones draws a line in the sand. If you do anything in his view that disrespects the flag, then you won't play. Which, by the way, Jerry Jones has every right to do. As a private business owner who owns the Dallas Cowboys, you have a right to protest and exercise your First Amendment right at work. He has the right to say, you're not going to work as a result of that. Let's not get our First Amendment discussions confused here. The First Amendment does not give you immunity. From these things you can say and do what you want basically it does not protect you from what a private business a private business owner somebody in jerry jones case can do what the first amendment does is protects you from the government impeding on your right to make that statement so there's that look i thought what the vice president did was a stunt i thought it was a waste of taxpayer money i think there are better ways to make your point but did they get what they wanted out of it they sure did but what happened was, goes back to my original thought on all of this, why this should not have taken place during the national anthem. This has become a clown show. This has become a just that, a series of stunts. And lost in the message of all of this is what? Why Colin Kaepernick initially took the knee? To bring awareness to police brutality, to bring awareness to what he believes is unfair treatment of African-Americans by police in this country. What this discussion has turned into, for better or worse, is disrespecting the flag and what's disrespecting the national anthem and the flag. And it's all about the flag and what the flag stands for and patriotism, which can be interpreted in many different ways. My fear was, and that, I shouldn't say fear, my thought was that whatever message was trying to be sent by these players doing what they do, which, remember, folks, was dying. Let's not forget something here. This message was dying. Ten players in week two did this. President Trump does what he did, and it has gone from there. And now the vice president of the United States just said, if as it, the flame was starting to go down a little bit, throw ten more logs on that baby. So if you're sick of this, if you're sick of this discussion and this happening and the disrespect for the flag, if that's how you view it, you have every right to feel that way. I have said from the beginning, don't do it, do it during the anthem because your message will get lost. And that is exactly what's happening here. This was dying. Let's make no mistake about this, folks. This was dying until the president and the vice president of the United States stoked the flames of this. Now, to add to this in some way. So remember Jamel Hill from ESPN? said that the President of the United States was a white supremacist and all the things that she tweeted a while back, which caused the storm that that did, but she did not get suspended by ESPN for that. She has now been suspended. 
by ESPN, and I am preparing for electric shocks under the desk from Bristol. So, uh, Seth, come in here and just wake me up if that happens. Throw some water in my face or something. From uh, the Associated Press, this just cleared, uh, like told you, today is a busy day. There is a lot happening. Still 4-3 Astros, by the way, over the Sox. They're now in the ninth, by the way. So, yeah. Sox are, at this moment, about to be eliminated unless they can score in the bottom of the ninth here. So hang in there, kids. Brent's getting a little nervous here. Uh, ESPN anchor Jamel Hill has been suspended by the network for two weeks for making political statements on social media. Huh? Didn't she make political statements on social media and didn't get suspended? But now she's suspended. Okay. So Hill targeted who we were just talking about, Jerry Jones. After the Dallas Cowboys owner stated that players who disrespected the flag would not play for his team. We just played you that soundbite a few minutes ago. Hill tweeting on Sunday that fans who disagree with Jones should target the team's advertisers and not buy their merchandise. Clarifying Monday, she was not calling for an NFL boycott. Okay, here's what Jamel tweeted. Don't ask Dak, Daz, and other Cowboys players to protest. A more powerful statement is if you stop watching and buying their merchandise. She goes on to tweet this, or how about not patronizing the advertisers who support the Cowboys? You can watch and do that, right? This play always works. Change happens when advertisers are impacted. If you feel strongly about Jerry Jones' statement, boycott his advertisers. She goes on to say this, just so we're clear, I'm not advocating an NFL boycott, but an unfair burden has been put on players in Dallas and Miami with anthem directives. ESPN responded with this, quote, Jamel Hill has been suspended for two weeks for a second violation of our social media guidelines. She previously acknowledged letting her colleagues and company down with an impulsive tweet. In the aftermath, all employees were reminded of how individual tweets may reflect negatively on ESPN and that such actions would have consequences, hence this decision. Calls the president a white supremacist, some other things, no suspension. Although there was some internal discipline there that we did not know about. Take some shots at Jerry Jones. Protest, well not protest, but uh, boycott his advertisers. Don't put the pressure on the players. Yeah, you're gone for two weeks. So it's not necessarily what you said. It's that you violated our social media policy. I think, right? But wait, kids, there's more. That's hot. From the crazy news department in the NFL. I know. Take a breath. Everybody just, are you okay? In a moment here, I know this is a lot going on today. I told you. Okay. Did you see this story with the Miami Dolphins coach? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I'll tr- I'm going to keep this as clean as I can. All right. But if you do have kids in the car right now, you might want to change the dial. Next couple minutes, come back. Okay, we're good. So, Miami Dolphins offensive line coach Chris Forrester resigned today after a video surfaced on social media of him snorting a white powder. Uh, Forrester said in a statement today that he will seek professional help. Quote, I am resigning from my position with the Miami Dolphins and accept full responsibility for my actions. I want to apologize to the organization and my sole focus is on getting the help I need with the support of my family and medical professionals. Uh, This is his second stint with the Dolphins, second season with the team. Okay. Forrester, who turns 56, is one of the highest, on Thursday he turns 56, one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the NFL, making between $2.5 million and $3 million a year. Now, there's some details of this story that I'm not going to mention 
as is. But basically what he did was, so he took a video of himself, right? Or there's video of him. Okay, here it is right here. In the video, Forrester is seen using a $20 bill to snort a pottery substance off a table while speaking into the camera and saying, quote, Hey, I miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? So he sent a woman this video of him snorting a substance before going to a meeting. This is at work. Sends this woman the statement. Okay? Uh, There were other things said on the video that I'm just not going to even try and paraphrase what he said. It's just... It's like Cinemax After Dark stuff. How about that? about that old school reference? Okay, I'll just go with that. What do do we say all the time about social media and videos and how people's guards have dropped today? There was a time and a place where this was like unthinkable. You did this on your own time away from the view of anybody, right? But guards have dropped so much in this country because of social media and everything's on video, everything's documented, something happens, and you share it with the world. This lets down people's guard. It lets down their ability to kind of decipher what should be public and what should be in public. And I brought it up on the on the show the other day, and I'm just kind of spouting common sense here. But, you know, things on social media like this, they're like tattoos, You can delete it all you want. It doesn't quite go away, right? And what you do when you're younger, what you tweet when you're younger, you look back on 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're like, why did I do that? Especially if it cost me a job. Or think of the problem we have today of people sexting each other and sending, you know, uh, they call it revenge porn. When you send videos to significant others and and they put it up. This is a major problem. It's happening in schools, unfortunately. Right. So here you have a grown man as a coach and one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL sends this woman a video of him snorting whatever it is he was. And that gets out. Boom. Gone. By the way, all and I'm just bringing this up. Jerry Jones and a number of people in the NFL. Well, this cannot happen when there's a number. Not that this is being tolerated. Obviously, the Dolphins took action and the guy's going to go to rehab and all that. But. It's funny what people will tolerate and look the other way on, but once you do one thing, now we start putting policies out there about you can't play, right? And I, I don't want to mix the two subjects there, but it's just interesting what people these days will be like, nah, okay, whatever, or what will bring people to the boiling point. Whoo, that was quite a segment. Okay, I don't smoke anymore, but I need to smoke. A lot of things happening today, kids, I told you. So we'll come back on the other side, a little more on Syracuse football. We'll update you on the breaking news story that just came out right before we hit the air, and that is, if you're just joining us, that apparently the New York Mets are buying the Syracuse Chiefs. Yeah, about that. 4-3, Astros over the Red Sox. Sox facing right now Craig Kimball on the mound. Carlos Beltran is up, and the Astros have two on. First and second with two outs, top of the ninth. So we'll keep you updated on that as we go forward. Seth with an update and then more to come. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.